0: Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney
1: Sewell. Hey guys, it's Whitney. I wanted to take some time to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com. They're a national private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities. They do this with private accredited investor funds. They have a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and control over $250 million in equity from their investors. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easier for you to start investing in real estate without all the hassles. They even have an average 62% repeat investor rate in each offering they put together. They even have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to fix and flippers locally and across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. To help you learn more, they have put together a free passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download the PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, your co-host is David Robinson. David is a client of mine, and he is doing big things in the real estate syndication industry. I know you are going to enjoy today's show.
2: This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, David Robinson. Today, our guest is Aaron Goins. Aaron is a retired military veteran and an active real estate investor. He got into real estate because he wanted to get out of the rat race of working for someone else and change lives for the better. He's determined to help people build generational wealth through real estate, not only for them, but for their families as well. So, Uh, Aaron, obviously just a a brief intro there, but, uh, if you don't mind, let's start off if you could back up and just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and and we'll go from there.
0: Hey, David, thank you so much, man, for being on this podcast, man. I'm really just, thank you, man. It's really appreciative of it. So I was, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, I got into the military right after I got out um, out of high school and um, I was in the air force, enjoyed every moment of it, got early retirement out got me a W-2 job. I would say a couple years in, someone told me, hey, you know, you're going to be here for another 20 years. And I thought to myself, no, I'm not. And that's when my entrepreneur spirit came. I would say a little bit years later, I got into real estate and love it ever since. And I want to do it full time. So
2: well, that's great. So tell us a little bit about that process of exiting the military, going into a W-2 job. What was that like for you back then?
0: So it was tough because you don't know what to expect. In a military, you're in a structured environment. You know where you need to go to, the different places that, that um, the military is going to take you to, um, where to report to. You know who your, your chain of command is, things like that. Transition out the military can be really tough and a lot of people will struggle um, because now you're applying for jobs. You don't know, you know, will your job resonate with a civilian? And some people have jobs that doesn't. Some people do. So I applied for jobs all over the country. I retired out of um Washington State where I'm in right now. I was just like, man, I don't know where to, I don't know where I, I would like to go move back a little bit to the East Coast. I applied for jobs over the East Coast, but only had two jobs, two job interviews, and it was out here in Seattle area. And I got one of them. Really fortunate for that, but some people really struggle. I applied for, I would say at least 80, 90 jobs. And I know a lot of people who I apply even more and didn't have the same luck that I had.
2: Wow. And so just to give our listeners some context, uh, you were in the Air Force. How long were you in the Air Force? 16 years. 16 years. And uh, when you took early retirement and started applying for jobs, roughly what year was that? It was uh, 2015. Okay. Gotcha. All right. And so luckily for you, you were able to land a job. And have you been in that same position since 2015? Yes, sir. Okay, great. And what sparked your interest in real estate? How were you exposed to it? How did how you get started in the space?
0: So like I said, my entrepreneurial spirit came, I started doing a whole bunch of different things. I started trying to sell t-shirts, muscle level marketing. I know, a lot, I know this is a lot of people have done the same thing, but I was trying to do those. Um, somebody told me, say, you know, why don't you look into real estate, man? You know, a lot of people, you know, millionaires are, you know, have real estate. And I said, you know what? Let, let me check that out, and, and then start understanding that there was so many different niches in real estate. Really got me intrigued, and I start diving in, pay for some coaching, start trying to do some wholesaling, Airbnb. Really start being the shiny light guy all over again, and. But syndication really attracted me because you're not doing it by yourself. You're part of a team and that really gravitates towards me. And uh, I'm bullish about fellow veterans doing the same and understanding that.
2: Tell us more about that. What are you hoping to accomplish with veterans in real estate?
0: I'll give you some numbers. There is about 19.5 million veterans in the United States right now. Only 22% of veterans use their tuition system for education. But even worse, only 15% of all veterans use their VA loan. That's a no money down loan that you can use to buy a home by four units. Just think about this David. The VA loan is so good that I can buy let's say I can buy a fourplex. I have three tenants. I live there myself. I can live there for a year. I can refinance, change that VA loan to a conventional loan, and then use it all over again. And I can rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. You know, after a while, I can have what? Four, let's say I have four, four or five, four plexes. You know, I have 12, let's say I have 12, let's say I have four, I have 16 tenants. That can be a really great asset to get the financial freedom. Just right there and there, the VA loan. Now, the VA loan isn't designed for that. It's designed for you to buy a house. But at the same time, still, we only have 15% that use the VA loan. We see so many veterans who are homeless and things like that. It's really, really, really low number.
2: What do you think causes that percentage to be so low? Why is it that more veterans aren't taking advantage of that?
0: lack of education is not talked about is not something that is a common thread in the military that is talked about even though we have the resources you know a lot of people talk about the va rating you know uh, when you get out and you might get your medical retirement or something like that and you have a rating Uh, like myself have a 20 percent rating for my feet you know i I get paid for some like life for that the va loan is not talked about as much it's not educated. It's not talked about in a rank. And, you know, in all my 16 years, I never talked about VA loan. None of my friends and my, in my circle talked about it at all. Um, and, you know, I, I've talked to so many veterans over the last couple of years and it's not talked about. And I'll tell you like this, the only time, the only reason why I use my VA loan, was because a couple years after I got out of the military, a young guy said, hey, man, why are you not using your VA loan, man? You're a veteran. Why are you not using your, your resource? And I said, I don't know. So you live in an apartment. I said, yeah, why don't you just own something? And it took me a while. And I was like, he's right.
2: So you spent 16 years in the Air Force without ever utilizing the VA loan. Yes. Wow. That is surprising. I would think that that would be, you know, a tool that's talked more about inside of the different divisions of the military as, as, as a tool that these veterans can use to potentially set themselves up if done right and early for when they do retire.
0: Well, I mean, you got to look at it like this, David. Are we taught finances for the most part in schools? No. You know, you're not taught finances in schools for the most part. Now we start to see more and more... Like this, um, this generation. But in my generation, we didn't have that. Um, In the military, we don't have financial classes per se to people about you know, hey, make sure that you're not in debt. People talk about maybe about stocks and bonds, but real estate is not talked about.
2: And we've seen, you know, over the last handful of years, a lot of great veterans come out and start to educate. Right? They have podcasts dedicated to veterans, and so hopefully that percentage will continue to go up of uh, the VAs or the veterans that are using that VA loan. So talk to us a little bit about your thoughts around syndication. You mentioned syndication as something that caught your attention and that you feel like is a good match for what you're trying to accomplish. Why is that? If veterans are able to use the VA loan for one to four units, why is it that syndication has caught your attention?
0: Because you're not doing it by yourself. I think a lot of times people want to be loners and want to, you want to do everything by yourself, but you cannot do it with syndication, especially, you know, how you go with apartments or self-storage or marinas or mobile home parks, you can't do anything by yourself. And you need a team. In the military, it's a team environment. You cannot go into war. You can't go into different environments by yourself. You're going as a team. And I just hope that more veterans understand the power of syndication that, you know, if you have a certain skill set, you know, maybe underwriting, maybe capital raising, finding deals, you're going to have a place on a team. Come together with like-minded individuals and you have unlimited potential in commercial real estate.
2: And so this path that you've been on to get into the syndication space uh, before we started, you mentioned that you're you are raising for your first syndication deal. Tell us a little bit about that process, how you got involved in a deal and what it's been like for you as a veteran to try to break into this space.
0: I've actually been approached for a couple of deals, but, I, you know, for me, I want to uh, raise capital for them. And it's been a process. It's just understanding people, understanding that just because you have you build a relationship with somebody it doesn't mean they're going to want to give you money. It doesn't mean that they are in the right position at the time. Even though, you know, you have a good relationship with them or they might like the deal, it still might be things that out of your control that they have going on. You know, if something comes up. Um, it's been a process, but you know I've just been building relationships with different syndicators, been in relationships with potential investors, and just understanding a lot. Just understanding people, understanding you know what they want, understanding what syndicators want, and being realistic even. You know, saying hey, when somebody asks me how much money can you raise, hey, I don't know. Maybe I can raise this, maybe I can raise that, but not trying to be outrageous either. I want to be truthful with people and tell them really what my expectations are, what what I really can do and what can't do. I don't want to put it out there like I can do this and do that, and then I've never done it before. Just really, just wanting to focus and um, raise right now has it's been tough because I'm just you know sending out a lot of information, trying to set up calls, set up a call, want, want to set up a call. Some people don't, some people interest, some people aren't. It's been a great learning process for me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so, how was it that you connected with the partners that you're working on this deal with?
0: One of the partners, we are actually part of the same uh, mentoring program. And also, he heard me do a presentation about capital raising. And that really intrigued me. And we start really talking and start having some really good conversations. And he asked me to raise for a deal. Happening on January
1: 20th and 21st is Denver's biggest real estate event, The Next Big Thing. And it's shaking up how real estate professionals will define business success. This two-day event will give you tools so you can catapult your own business. You'll discuss how the world is changing and what's needed to stay two steps ahead. Together with 450 other professionals, you will build a foundation to become the next big thing. Built on the foundation of helping others build wealth through real estate, the Ruth team has created the ultimate tool that is this event. And it's called The Next Big Thing. 25 speakers, including Ryan Serhant, Kenyon Salo, Nebu Hata, Stacey Veden, Brian Moses, Natalie Davis, and Ryan Avery. Register now at thenextbigthingcolorado.com and use the code RESS to get $150 off.
2: If you were to give some guidance to the military community, whether active or retired, what kind of guidance would you give them to get into real estate based upon your experience?
0: I would say go all in. Number one, educate yourself and then find a niche in real estate that you're interested in. Because like I said, there's so many niches you can get into, but really immerse yourself and educate yourself as much as possible. If you want to get into syndication, understand what you're good at. You know, if you get with numbers, Understand about underwriting, if you're good with people, no capital raising. I'm not saying that it's going to be necessarily like that, but understand what you like to do and have a passion for, and then go all in into it. If I had to do all again, you know, I would do the same thing, but really educate yourself. I have a, a clubhouse room called the Military Real Estate Investor Hour. We have it every Wednesday at 5.30 Eastern Time. You know, we have plenty of plenty of people who come on there and ask questions about the VA loan because they want to learn. And we always try to give them resources to help them out as much as possible so that they will learn. And then, you know, we say, look, hey, if you want to learn about syndication, I have a meetup um call all in on real estate it's every Thursday at 7 p.m. Um, I have different people talk about different niches in real estate, but a lot of us talk about town. You know, so you want to learn, go to YouTube, go to go, you know, read books, go to podcasts like this, listen to guests and really, like I said, immerse yourself and educate yourself.
2: And so what's uh, what's been the biggest challenge that you faced as you've been working to break into the space?
0: I would say probably just understand my limits on, on raising capital, understanding. That just because you're excited and they might be excited doesn't mean they're gonna put money into a deal. It takes time. This is not a a fast race. This takes time. It takes time to build relationships with people. It takes time to do deals. Um, It takes time. You know, once you get your tracker rate, it makes everything a little bit easier. But when you're starting off, it takes time. You can continue to build relationships and knowing that at the end of the day, after a while, they're going to pay off.
2: And so is there anything that you would do different based upon your experience with this first capital raise if you had a chance to to do it again? Is there anything that you would change about your strategy or your approach?
0: I would have probably made a little more phone calls before the raise than I'm doing right now. So, you know, I I think that you got to continue to build relationships with with your investors, continue to, even if you don't have a deal, you got to continue to build relationships with people because when you have them deals, you know, now the pressure's on you. And I I mean, I, I did that before, but I think I would have ramped it up a little bit more.
2: Understandable. And so moving forward, what are your goals for your business and what are you trying to accomplish?
0: I want to uh, get into a couple of deals, get my feet wet, and then maybe do a fun down the road. You know, right now I just want to raise some capital, get some experience, and really be a subject matter expert on that first before I move on anything you know, else. So I really want to get in deals, understand it. Have a solid base of, of investors I can go to build relations with family offices. I went to Family Office Club um, this past Monday. I had a great great time. Matter of fact, I did it like a three day challenge on it, getting ready for the event, and you know just make sure that I have a solid base of investors that I can I can go to build relations with white glove service, and and then go from there and continue to relationship with syndicators as well.
2: I want to back up just real quick and talk about, you mentioned, I believe you mentioned that you have a meetup and also you're on Clubhouse as well. You have a Clubhouse group. I'm not as familiar with Clubhouse. I, I'm aware of it, but not something I've spent a whole lot of time on. Tell us a little bit about that and how that functions and, and how you set that up.
0: When I first found out about Clubhouse back in January of this year, 2021, I was like, oh, you know, what's this new thing called Clubhouse? Uh, One of my friends invited me to come and, you know, it's it's set up where you have rooms that you can go into and you have stages in those rooms. There's no video. It's not recorded. Um, When you're on stage, you can talk. When you're in the audience, you can't talk. So you listen to people talk about different subjects. So I was like, man, you know what? I'm really in the space about educating veterans. That's why I created my room in Military Real Estate Investing Hour to educate veterans, to answer their questions. There's a big void about education. Um, with veterans. And like I said, that, that low number about the VA loan, thank goodness for things like ADPI and and, thank, and other groups that they're educating veterans um, more and more. But I wanted to have something as well. And I've had some AD, ADPI um, guests on my meetup and on my clubhouse room. And now I have a solid, I would say about five or six moderators every week that come to my clubhouse room and we educate people. So some of my moderators are into short-term rentals, into wholesaling, In the syndication, one person, she lives in Germany, and she always comes every week, and she always adds value. Uh, Her husband's in the military. She's a civilian now. You know, I have a wealth of, of knowledge on stage with me, and we ask them questions. We try to help people out as much as possible.
2: And so for any of our listeners that are contemplating starting a meetup or getting things set up on Clubhouse, do you have any guidance or advice based upon your experience in getting those set up that would be helpful to them?
0: I would say this. If you really want to just understand about Clubhouse, get an invite, come on Clubhouse and go to a couple of real estate rooms, um, the bigger rooms, and just listen in, see how the the moderators handle their room, uh, see how people come on stage, the questions they ask, and if you're really um, interested, you can always make a room yourself by um, this. And there's a little instruction on there. You can do it. It's really simple. Also, you can make your own network um, as well. And that's very important because if you have your own room with no network, most people are not going to come to your room. So it's two things. you got to have a good network that you're a part of and also an intriguing room that people want um, to come to.
2: And when you say network that you're a part of, you're talking about outside of Clubhouse, just your network so that you can invite people to Clubhouse and to, to join you in your room or a network inside of
0: Clubhouse? It's a network inside of Clubhouse. So there's um, networks in there. Um, like, for instance, I'm the administrator of the GOV network there, but there's other networks you can be part of. Like my room is part of Veterans Network. You can put your own network on there, but you know, there's different networks with different people. So you you have a capital raises network, you have this, you had that. So it's, it's a lot of different networks on there.
2: Interesting. I'm gonna have to spend a little bit more time on Clubhouse. It's it's a space that I haven't uh, put a ton of effort into. But those few tips are are helpful. Well, a- as we start to wind down the show here, Aaron, a few final questions for you. The the first is, what uh, daily habits have you developed that have helped you to find success?
0: Um, I would say just reading. And also just being active on LinkedIn and networking as much as possible. Just networking as much as possible with people and trying to set up time to have talks with them and and get to know people. So networking and reading.
2: And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about your interest with veterans, but how do you like to give back?
0: I, I just want to educate people as much as possible. I didn't have the opportunity. But that's not what stopped me from educating other people, especially um, veterans, and just knowing the space, knowing what they go through. And I just want to help people as much as possible. We, we have veterans who are very successful. We have veterans who have done what I told you earlier. I know one veteran, he did that all in his 20s. He has like 10 or 20 fourplexes or things like that, that he or condos that he stayed in in his 10s and 20s, in his 20s, into his 30s. And now he has over $100,000 of passive income coming in every year because of that. Because of the sacrifice he did, he come up using the VA loan over and over again. And now, he's, now he goes all over the world because of that.
2: With that number that you referenced earlier, 15% of VAs actually using the VA loan or uh, veterans actually using the VA loan, it seems a, a, an astonishingly small number of our veterans. And so it's great to hear what you're doing and your goal of getting the word out about uh, how veterans can utilize that loan as well as real estate to, to build wealth. What's the best way for our listeners to connect with you and, and learn more about what you have got going on?
0: So I have a website. My company name is All In Homes. Uh, my website is A-L-L-I-N-H-S.com, um, All In Homes. You can always email me also at aaron.goins at gmail.com. Dot com. Look me up on LinkedIn. I'm only Aaron Goins on LinkedIn. I'm only Aaron Goins on Facebook, and All In Homes is also on Instagram. Got it. And also check check out my um, my my Super Summit challenge that I have on LinkedIn and Instagram as well. Great way to not uh, to know me, understand me a little bit more.
2: Well, having a unique name, Aaron spelled A-H-A-R-O-N and Goins, G-O-I-N-S definitely helps in in the social media space so that's great. Hey Aaron, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing some insight and trying to raise awareness for the veterans that are not currently using their VA loan. Thank you for your service and uh, we look forward to having you uh, as a guest on Down the Road.
0: Thank you so much David, man. It's been a pleasure, man.